Wildfire Podcast is an extension of Wildfire Ministries, an organisation that has a focus of igniting men and women of God into a deeper discipleship with Christ, instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue Christ wherever that leads, that God's truth will spread like a wildfire. Bonjour and welcome back to the Wildfire Podcast. Oh man, a little bit of French to start off. Yeah, I'm really, cult- I like I'm, I'm, I'm really cultured. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so this week we're going to be talking about masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i just like to start by asking you, look, what was a defining moment for you as a man when you stepped from boyhood to manhood? Mm, it's a big question. I think for everyone it's, it's, whenever, it's whenever you hit puberty, isn't it? Isn't that right? So last week... <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> we're still waiting for your voice to break so. <laughs> yeah I know uh, you know unanswered prayers are there for a reason okay <laughs> no so I think actually in all seriousness okay because that's not true I have hit puberty okay that's a, that's a lie it was a joke if you could, didn't get that is amidst my dad's um, suffering so okay. everything that's been going through the past months I think it's just been really resonating with me what it is to to see his strength and to see that part of my own life or and just the scripture has become uh, so much more tangible with regards to masculinity and the rules and how I'm supposed to develop and, and seeing his example, I guess as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, okay, it'll be, it'll be that. I won't. I won't ask you because okay. we talked too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically told me not to. <laughs> um, so that's how you view your masculinity, uh-huh. um, and how do you think society views men in general and or masculinity? Mm. How does society view men? I'm going to flip it. I'm going to ask you, how does society view men, Peter? Uh, well, you've got the macho macho man. Um, yeah. It's like... You? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps the one I'd like to be, or pretend to be. Um, it's sort of like strong, lacking emotion, um, like just not really caring about things too much. Um, yeah, that, those kind of things. Uh, is there anything else you'd want to add? Mm. No, but it's always, it's always, yeah, it's always those stereotypes. It's like, you know, never cry at movies and, mm-hmm. you know, go out with the lads. Have you ever and, cried at a movie, Look, Yeah. Which one? King Kong, obviously. I think we talked about that and like... Oh, did? oh yeah, I think we did, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I did cry at that. That's embarrassing. Mm. Have that... you cried at any movies? <laughs> oh, yeah. You did? I did. I, I did. <laughs> it shocked me whenever you told me this. Okay, first, first time ever. Um... Prince of Egypt. <laughs> the animation is a cartoon. You literally never cry. You cried. I have a yeah, cartoon. That was the first time I cried in years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, don't do what Peter did. Yeah, that was, that was a bad example. <laughs> and yeah, it's all so this outward strength, this this dominance, superiority. Yes. Could be sport. There's yeah. a lot of like hobbies and activities that are supposed to be stereotype with what yeah, a man or seem to amplify those those qualities yes exactly that's a better yeah. way of putting it yeah and then i guess society kind of views them either in a positive light or in a negative light so it's like try and be more like these things like don't show your emotion yeah um and then the other side of it is oh that's to- there's the phrase toxic masculinity which yes. has been thrown around a lot like okay those are toxic qualities don't do that you need to yeah apologize exactly. for that and try and be more yeah. effeminate as well yeah the whole problem is it's a, it's an a huge spectrum and then of course it's like you can you can diminish so many different qualities and not come at actually a firm foundation or a good balance so, you know what i mean it's like yeah. there's like the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. which yeah we talk about like talk about that yeah what's the, on the other side the other side is like there's as in like there's no such thing as gender anymore gender is just whatever you feel like in any given day and everything is yeah. just all genders are equal which they are in value like yeah. male and female everyone's equal but at their core they're malleable so yes, like they, so, yeah. you, you can mould them and shape mm-hmm. them to what you want to be. Yeah, and everyone should be the same, essentially. Um, yeah. Everyone should behave the same. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, listen, the way I look at it is it what people believe and why they believe it, okay? What they believe, so if you believe that, you know what I mean, there's no objective of masculinity or et cetera, this, these ideas of toxic masculinity or the other spectrum, which mm-hmm. is like masculine, yeah, like all these, it's, the reality is there's just no real way of, of there's, you have to have a good biblical understanding of how you, of how you understand something. You know what I mean? Which is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And, <laughs> and all this together. And again, we, we've talked about in uh, a podcast before, what is the will of God for my life? We've talked about the purpose of humanity, mm-hmm. which is to bring glory to God. But this week, especially, we're going to focus on what men, like the purpose of men, what their yeah. purpose to be is to be specifically. Um, so if you're, if you're a woman and you've listened this far, uh, congratulations, first of all. <laughs> and you must be somewhat interested in the topic if you've listened for four and a half minutes. <laughs> but if you, if you are listening and you're a woman, these these qualities and these things we're going to talk about they're important because um eventually if you're interested in like going out with a guy these are the qualities you should be looking for in him yeah and um you need these, to know what the, to look for you need to look for what to look for and these are going to hopefully going to be godly qualities that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's completely great so um we'll move on and we'll say Peter how does the Bible tell men to act yeah so. I guess we could break this down three three ways. So, how does the Bible tell men to act in regards to God? So, the first one, point would be to, be to be saturated in God's Word. So, Psalm one is I haven't read a lot of the Psalms in detail, but this one is I think my favorite. It says, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers." Mm, um, beautiful yeah lovely lovely psalm and I'm not for, one for poetry either so that's uh, <laughs> oh yeah you know what I mean because poetry is <laughs> yeah, for it's for women apparently it's for so, wimps yeah. um, but that, that'd be the first point and then the other thing would be to, to train to be like Christ so First Timothy 4 says um, in verses 7 and 8 rather train yourselves for godliness for while bod- bodily training is of some value godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come um, so obviously bodily training that's just like going to the gym um, going for a run typical like exercise things yeah. exercise and not even yourself. that just being moderation in your food or mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's just looking after your body physically and yeah. being healthy in that regard but you need to look after your soul as well I mm-hmm. guess what this verse is saying yeah um, and then f- finally um, it would be to live a life demonstrative of the love of God and the love he's shown to you so Galatians 5 um, talks about this in regards to the fruits of the spirit so I'll, I'll not bother reading those out but you can look those up in Galatians 5 it's like love, joy, peace um, all of those kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control sorry I just wanted to you're not this. doing yourself any favours I, I just want to sing the song you know what I mean breaking down barriers here okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's just in regard to um, how men should act to God yeah do you have anything else to add there Luke that comes to mind um no, no. What I was going to try, I was trying to allude to you earlier is if you don't believe, so if what you believe is that, yeah, masculinity is malleable and everything, okay, I disagree with that because I do believe there's objectives. But I can understand people's why because if you don't believe in God, then of course there's no objective. Mm-hmm. So it is subjective. It's whatever you want. Yes. Whatever you, masculinity and feminine, these are all human constructs that we've made to help us or... Or maybe they've been our downfall. Like the like that topic opens up, so I completely understand, and that's why it's so difficult and and in politics and stuff. Blah blah blah. So that's just a little empathize to, with with people and why they believe, even though I think it's horribly wrong and has great implications. But next question. So what about ma- ma- masculinity? How does that then play out in society publicly? So in society, um, 
Christians in general have to act with and show the fruits of the spirit. So that that men are not exempt from this. Like it talks about love and stuff, and especially in Northern Ireland, men aren't great at showing love to one another. Yeah. Um. But but I talk. Oh, just do it. You know what are the, the four great types? Okay, because there's different different types. They're not even all of them. Just to talk a bit briefly about because there's love is dead. Like what do people? Whenever you said love, there people mm-hmm. were like, "What does that mean? Is that like yeah. you, like you little." mushy stuff and yeah, so Valentine's the, Day thankfully not <laughs> but the love in this context is it's agape in the Greek I've probably uh-huh. butchered that pronunciation unconditional unconditional love or sacrificial love yeah uh-huh. um, so that's that's how all Christians are told back to, towards un-Christians yeah um, so we love them unconditionally the most powerful type one of the most hardest to cultivate as well <laughs> yes yeah exactly uh-huh. um, and then again you've got the fruits of the spirit um, in Galatians 5 is above um, and then the other way we're told is uh Jesus talks about in Sermon on the Mount is to be salt and light um, with the Beatitudes um, and a lot of the Beatitudes about meekness and stuff. You might mm-hmm. not think they apply to men, but they, they do. Um, so and meekness is? Meekness. I probably need to look up the definition, but it's, it's like... Uh, so, some form it's of like, like humility. Some form of humility or like submission. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're looking at each other. It's like, yeah, <laughs> please be right. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you're right, Peter. Yeah. I was like hoping you would have the answer yeah. there. But yeah, some form of humility. But, but yeah, you can read the Beatitudes and stuff and see mm-hmm. the things that men are expected to do that maybe aren't typical that society would expect of them. Uh-huh. And then finally, for society, it's to be well thought of with those outside the church. So in First Timothy, Paul lists out the criteria for elders and um, and. In eldership, he's, he talks about um, he must not be a recent convert. He must not be puffed up with the conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders. And we're told elsewhere that um, men should aspire to be elders in the church. So if men are aspiring to be elders, they should just aspire to be well thought of of those outside the church. Yeah. So that's, I completely, I love that there chapter, First Timothy 3. If that's what sort of, that's what I've sort of learned to be, to extract the real fundamentals of what the Bible's telling, what makes masculinity. These are the pillars the biblical pillars of what masculinity is and from from my understanding it's like it is to uh to desire leadership or to to lead in general not just eldership that's but a wider umbrella is to lead mm-hmm. um it is to take initiative it is to to be humble uh, as it says that, that meekness of being open to rebuke and chastisement it's to have wisdom self-control and it's to be held in account in in high regard by other people so you know what I mean? So you can go and say, what do you think of this, of Luke Taylor? And then they'll be able to tell you, you know what I mean? How bad I am. I haven't hit puberty yet. <laughs> and then you, but you have other stuff, you know what I mean? That you're not supposed to be uh, quarrelsome. Uh, and, and like, those are great characteristics. That sort of, you get those, and then you're really in the right direction of biblical masculinity. For sure. And that, that links directly into, so the next section is family, how mm-hmm. um, Christian men should interact with their families. So Mm-hmm. You can say church family as well, and then that again links to First Timothy three that you've just talked about. Yeah. All those same characteristics, um, like trustworthy, um, like uh, let's see, super minded, self controlled, respectable, yeah. hospitality, hospitality, yeah, yeah. That's... a generosity. Because people are like, you know, I mean, especially hard line Christians, like a woman's place is in in the home completely. They do not leave that kitchen, and they just, you know what I mean? They just cook things for people and invite people over. It's like hospitality is for all people and mm-hmm. has so many different expressions. It's a, a, a way of kindness, a way of generosity, a way of giving, and that is to be exercised by both, you yeah. and female. For sure. And then also, it finished off, it says, able to teach. And that doesn't necessarily mean teaching in front of the people. It just means being able to explain the Bible. So you need to, again, linking back, linking back to Psalm 1, meditating on the scripture day and night, yeah. um, you need to be able to just explain the Bible to people yeah. and just understand it well enough. Yeah. If someone asks you a question, you're able to talk about it. Uh-huh. And not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle. Like, yeah. I think a lot of the toxic masculinity people think about is violent men. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christian men aren't called to be violent. They're called to yeah. be gentle, if anything. Yeah, controlled. Controlled, yeah. So, like self-controls, it says in the Yeah, verse. which is something that needs to be like, you know what I mean? You've got the problem of pornography, of masturbation, of not of speaking out of hand, of of thoughts, of any form of of not being able to exhibit self-control. You're in a battle for self-control and you're in a battle to um, nurture these fruits of the spirit every day with everything that you do. So like, if you're not able to exhibit self-control in pornography, then that's going to have direct effect on how you have self-control in every other aspect of your life, including what it is to be a man. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in regards to the church. Yes. Um, anything else to add there, Luke? Uh, so First Corinthians 11, I think. Okay, so talks about male headship over women. Now, headship, of course, what is that? Like, connotations have just completely butchered that submission butchered that you know what i mean submission in the bible is a beautiful thing jesus submitted to the father so whenever it talks about wives submitting to your husbands in this passage it's like put yourselves in the same category as 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 that same concept of jesus submitting to the father it's so uh, the verse itself is um but i want you to understand that the head of every man is christ the head of a wife is her husband and that the head of Christ is God. And that's First Corinthians 11 and verse 3 and four, 3? Yes, yes. just verse 3. Just in case you want to look that up. Yeah, so it's just, again, that importance of, of headship about how I am I submit to God, as we all do, okay? But whenever you are married or enter that relationship, okay, the wife submits to man. But who's the man submitting to? Christ. So cut out the middle, man, literally, <laughs> as in the woman is submitting to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know what I mean? The the woman, so wives only submit to their husbands whenever the husbands are actually submitting to God's will. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You follow, the, you're talking about wives, so we're actually talking about. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's talking about, if, you know what I mean? If a wife wants to follow her husband, then that is, of course, devotion is important and submission. But you don't follow someone off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So if your husband's leading you off a cliff, then you do Okay, so submission does not mean naivety. Yes. Um, submission is a beautiful thing, and that's what it's talking mm-hmm. about. It's talking about headship and leading and initiative, which is, again, consistent with First Timothy 3 and yeah. all of that. So. And in terms of husbands and wives as well, like we're kind of into, into that section now, but um, so women are called to submit, but what are men called to do? If you look at Ephesians 5, yeah. men are called to have sacrificial, so that's like, again, like agape love for their wives, presenting them spotless and blameless before God. That's such a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, like think of all that entails the man isn't just responsible for his own sin he's responsible for his wife's he yes. needs to keep his wife in check and make sure she is honouring God and in, in check that probably wasn't the best way to put it or it sounds scary but that he, he needs to be responsible for her and make sure she's honouring God again like cutting out the middle man um, yeah. and that sacrificial love again like, like Christ had for the mm-hmm. church and again it's how we as young men how do we cultivate that because you know what I mean we don't have a wife to, <laughs> but it's in all, like if you're in a dating stage or in a relationship, then, you know what I mean? You're starting to act, exercise these principles and these fruits of the spirit should be exercised every day. Um, regardless. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, happy enough with that section, I think. Yeah. And if you want to look up more to do with uh, wives and children um, and how, how men should treat them, it's, um, you can either go to First Timothy 3 again, talking about the criteria for eldership yeah. or uh, Proverbs 20 talks a lot about um, mm. faithful, unrighteous men. Um, and especially in regards to children as well. So if you want, yeah, they're good, more, passages, good passages. Honestly. But why should young men worry about what a husband and father is supposed to do, though? Yeah. So neither Luke and I are, are married. Just to, as a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> um, so, like, why on earth are we talking about what husbands and fathers are supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Which is it? Was that to me? Was that a question? That's, that's a question. Oh, I thought like that was rhetorical, and you were going to answer it. Okay. Um, no, but like the, that's actually a, a wider problem. Is um, you are not African-American, you're not black, you're not coloured, whatever term you want to use. So you can't speak into the topic of racism. Or you're, you're not a woman, so you can't talk about abortion. 
Yeah, so that doesn't make any logical sense. That's not rational. Okay, so you don't have, and, and again, this, whenever, biblically, we stand on, on God's word. So me and Peter, we're not married, but that doesn't then not mean that we can't read what God's word says about what it means to be a husband. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I can't speak from experience, but I can speak from God's word, which is actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even, even to use another example of that same principle. Yeah. Like I'm not a murderer and I'm not someone who's been murdered, but yes. I can still say murder is wrong. Yes, that's exactly. just an example of the principle taken. Yeah, taken and, and you need to because you need to know the importance of God's word and what that says. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, but like, I need to know if I want to be a father in the future, I want to be a husband. I need to know what it entails, and I need to start learning and growing about that now. You know what I mean? If you think of like uh, rugby or football, you don't just go into the into the prem or the Premier League or what's the rugby league? I don't even know. So, <laughs> well, you get different ones, but. Yeah, just, sport, the six nations. Yeah. Okay. okay. You don't even just go straight, just look of disgust. I'm really not masculine in this podcast. That's what this has so showed you, so, so you're, far. You're admitting rugby's more masculine than football, <laughs> look, are you? Hey, hey, don't trap me. But if you think you don't just go straight into into rugby, you don't go into the six nations, you don't walk into a football thing. It takes time. You have to do, take the gifts that has been given and, and grow in that, nurture that. And, and then so that whenever you do step into that league, you're ready. So if you think about it, you're in like a lower league now whenever you go into from what I've heard <laughs> whenever you go into marriage it's like it's a step up it's a league it's a league that doesn't even exist you can't even get like a metaphor for it it's hard it's a hard league but you need to practice your skills beforehand yeah exactly as it was like it doesn't even make any sense so it's like no I don't need to learn about what it means to be a husband and father now and then whenever you become a husband it's like I don't know what a husband is mm. it's like why did you not learn about it I did well I oh uh, there you go yeah I'm sure it's gone yeah, and we've talked before about neuroplasticity and then how you change, change those pathways in your brain. Yeah. And the, how habits, how thoughts lead to habits and that kind of thing. So yeah. it's about just developing those habits again that will lead to a godly marriage exactly. in the future. Yeah, that lead to a prosperous character that the Bible talks about. Yeah. Um. So, coming to the conclusion now, is there such a thing as toxic masculinity, Peter? So I would say masculinity, as it's defined in the Bible, is not toxic. If men act as the Bible told them to do, the world would be a better place. Um, however, there are men, just as there are women or any other subcategory of humanity that you want to talk about, um, that act um, in a simple way or in a quote-unquote toxic way. Mm -hmm. But that's just sin. It's not toxic masculinity by definition. Yes. Um, it's just a result of men um, and women or whoever else you want to talk about um, mm -hmm. turning away from God and not pursuing him. That's yeah. kind of how, how I would talk about it. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. It's like toxic masculinity. Okay, well you need to define that as you've just done there. It's like, well yeah, of course, toxic masculinity exists. Toxic anything exists. Anything can be toxic. Humans have shown that we can turn <laughs> anything that is good toxic. So to me, it's like toxic masculinity is anything that's not biblical masculinity. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not found in the Bible pertaining to masculinity is toxic. Yeah, you mean don't do it. It should be avoided. Mm -hmm. Just like everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know. Yeah. So um now but here's a question. Okay, here's a question I want to ask you. Why is there a crisis of masculinity in the church today? Okay? Well, would you agree there is a crisis of masculinity in the church today first of all? Like is there such a crisis? Heck yeah. Yeah. I would definitely. So I, I want I you to agree. resolve that issue right here right now, Peter. Okay. Um, uh, this is a manifesto that every church is going to take and adopt. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um I so I think the problem starts with individuals, as with most, most problems. It starts with the individuals, so individual men, individual Christian men. Mm -hmm. they, they aren't exhibiting, they're apathetic. They, they don't care, essentially, or they don't 
take the steps necessary to become godly men. They're happy enough just to sit back and let then the woman I feel the need to take up and like in the judges, is it Deborah who is the female judge? Yes. Yes, because the men aren't doing the role. They're um their hearts are turned away from God. So then Deborah steps up and fills that role as the judge. Yeah. Because there are no men doing the role. So I think that's the kind of the situation we have in the church today. Yeah. So it's like if if women can, women will. Yes. But if women will, men won't. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole idea is that, so it's like, even in headship, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, so husband is to provide provision, purpose, protection, but then the, what, what many uh, groups, or it could be a minority of women say, is like, no, I can fend for myself. I can provide my own provision, purpose, and protection. And then you just, you just give man, men, a free pass to do whatever they want. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, she doesn't want that. So it's like insane. They... They forfeit a godly husband in order to secure what they believe is their rights, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, which is what you're talking about. It's yeah. just very dangerous too. Yeah. And so men need to step up and pursue clarity yeah. in, in regards to headships. They need to say, okay, this is the steps I'm going to take to become a better man and become more like Christ. Yes. Um, and that, that's not just for marriage. That's for everyday life. That's how you act with unbelievers. Mm. Um, and they need to even in relationships with their girlfriends and things like that, they need yeah. to remove any confusion, strive for clarity, and basically follow Christ and set a good example. Yeah. So basically saying, like, masculinity underpins so much. Yeah. Like, it literally, like, if you crack that, mm-hmm. then you're doing well. Even in, to take it slightly wider, so we talked about the individual. Okay. Individually, men need to step up. In society, the family is the building block of society. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the, the nuclear family is one man and one woman, a husband and wife, and then children. Mm-hmm. So if the man, if the man isn't stepping up and being a man and is feeling in his masculinity, then that whole structure of family falls apart. And if it's the building, if it's the foundation, the building block of society, yeah. society itself is going to collapse. Yeah. And it almost seems like the devil has, you know, he's used that loads. He's mm-hmm. tried to just destroy the family system from like the beginning of time. Cain and Abel, brothers and uh, and there's so many examples. Yeah. You know I mean? Can you think of any off the top of your head? Well, there's a, there's a quote. I think it might be from Lord of the Rings, uh, which isn't the Bible. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Oh, wow. So all, all, Satan doesn't need you to turn around and worship Christian men. He doesn't need Christian men to turn around and worship other gods or um, like mm. do anything else really bad. He just needs them to do nothing for God. Yeah. And that's that. It, it's talking about your lukewarm Christians that yeah. um, are just useless. It's good. Mm-hmm. But it's not as good as the Bible. Yes. Okay, it's a good quote. So it's do you want to give another Bible example? <laughs> um, no, but if you look at that's what I'm saying. The devil is always trying to destroy the family unit. He's always trying to diminish what uh, biblical masculinity is, what biblical femininity is, what headship is, what submission is. He's trying to dilute it down uh, and water it down until it's just non-existent. It doesn't even parallel to what the Bible's talking about. Trying to, He tries and uh, omits stuff. And it just, it's like if you could define it in one word, it's just compromising. Yes. How many biblical characters compromise? Oh, I have one. Okay. Abraham. Okay. Okay. Abraham, his wife was Sarah, right? I'm not getting that wrong. Yeah. Good. Okay. He basically, in order to save his own skin, like said his wife was his uh, sister. Mm -hmm. Twice. Twice, yes. And I think Isaac did the same thing, you know. I think he did. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, whole idea of her. uh, That's. And, but that, like, that is. Abraham just forfeited what biblical masculinity is, what his sole purpose was to provide protection and purpose, provision, and he failed. And that's one example. Mm -hmm. It's like you go through almost every character and how they feel over and over again and how we as men are feeling. And it starts 
whenever you're young, you have to learn, you have to grow. As in myself included, I am the young, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> in this question, like I am, I am learning every day and I'm looking at role, mo- role models, scholarly role models. I'm looking at what the Bible says and I'm actually applying practical change. Yeah. And again, looking at, I talked about community groups before. That's the reason we have our community groups and they're, they're, it's the same size community group. We only have men in those community groups. And yeah. we, it's men driving Evidently because we're sexist. <laughs> it's, it's because we, we know how men think yeah. and we know how to, how to push each other forwards and we know the, way, the, the ways we can help each other best yeah um, so look and I've been in the same kind of group and Luke's been a great help to me in pushing me forward to be a better man um, and more Christ-like um, oh man you're crying now Luke <laughs> just, I'm not a man anymore <laughs> no but Peter's done the same thing community group is it's, it's amazing. It holds you accountable. It makes you strive for the gospel together. And again, that was a joke about the <laughs> sexist thing, but the whole point is that you have a group of women who you can surround and galvanize and can relate with you and know what you're going through and how you can better one another. With men, we know what we're going through, the way we act, the way we operate, and how we can push each other onward for what the Bible says masculinity is. Okay, so... Well, that, that's it. We've talked about what masculinity is from the Bible's perspective. And of course, we're Bible-believing Christians. Uh, we believe that God exists and God's word is infallible and errant and that we have to follow that to a T and be obedient to that. And so that's why we stand where we are. Now, of course, if that's what we believe and why we believe it, what you believe could be completely different and why you believe it. And of course, we want to have discourse with people and we shouldn't just ostracize people, isolate people. We, we want to create an open dialogue where we can discuss and talk about these things. So hopefully that's helped. Um, that's given you a direction to strive for or it's um, stimulated conversation that you might want to ask questions and you can do through the email and everything and, and the links that we have on the, uh, on the podcast. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you all next week.